because it's getting ready to be on. Welcome, gangsters. I have no explanation for what happened. You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. It's a faith-based sports radio program. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. I'm not certain that that format is ever going to work. I have a high moral standard. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out, world. I think it is time we demonstrated the full power of this station. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to Benson and Those Guys. Our show is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Highlighting the stories and the people of faith. It's not a faith program with sports. It's a sports program with faith. You can follow us on Twitter at BTG Program or visit our website, btgprogram.com. I'm here with those guys, Zach and Darren. We're here in the BTG studio, which, by the way, stinks to high heaven. <laughs> Because Darren decided for the recording to bring dinner in. And Darren's not feeling well. He's got a cold. He can't smell. And he's already sick. So I'm pretty convinced that his wife, who made him dinner, sent him with a three-week piece of <laughs> fat, grizzled meat that he can't tell the difference, doesn't understand that it's going to make him sick. And she just unloaded something that's been in the back of that refrigerator for three weeks. I don't care. It was delicious. You couldn't smell the difference. You can't yeah. taste the difference. No, it you just fun. ate it. It smells yeah. like the alley behind a Chinese restaurant. In here. <laughs> that's what it smells like. It It is awful. And I don't know what that woman has done to you, but if she's trying to pawn that off as fresh cooking... <laughs> I'm telling you, she's she's doing I, you wrong. I do know that she took it out of the fridge and warmed it up. Like yeah, I saw she took her it take out it out of the, the fridge. fridge. She put it in the fridge. Is what <laughs> the issue is. She put it in like three weeks ago, <laughs> and it's been out and in and out and in several times because when that thing came in the room, it got hideous smelling in here. You know what? I'm not hungry anymore though, so it did the job. Yeah, you're gonna be. You're probably gonna pass out halfway <laughs> through the broadcast or something else. Mark Lazarus of. NBC Sports feeling the power and the backlash of the NHL playoff beard. He brought up the idea that playoff beards should go away so that they could show the young, good-looking star athletes of the NHL, and his Twitter has blown up in the last 24 hours. He was on, uh, he appeared on the Dan Patrick show mentioning how he's been nothing but the butt of a joke for the last 24 hours, saying the playoff beard needs to go away. I guess it was taken out of context. He made the comment, listen, you know, boy, the, you could see their faces if the beards weren't there, but the the article in the paper really took that comment and just ran with it. He wants to get rid of them. He's approached the NHL, which none of that is true. He just made an offhanded comment. and Yeah, because, I mean, hockey players are totally known for being good-looking guys, you know, with their missing teeth and black eyes and everything. Yeah, yeah he's got a good point. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, has he been watching any hockey? Like, the, there's like three players in the league that still have all their teeth, you know? Like, the, I think the beards are one of the coolest traditions in sports. Yeah, I like beards. it. No, I don't think anybody does playoffs the way the NHL does. The Stanley Cup's the best trophy going. The playoff beard tradition, the handshake at the end of a series... Hockey does playoffs very, very well. I think the handshake is one of the funniest things. Is you, you, you go, you got seven game series of guys just beating the crap out of each other, and then they have to shake hands at the end of it. I like it. 
The East Oregonian, <laughs> a small-town newspaper in Pendleton, Oregon, will be looking for a proofreader. If you're interested in a job, you can send your application. This past week, they ran the headline, Amphibious Pitcher Makes Debut. <laughs> Amphibious Pitcher. They were referring, of course, to <laughs> ambidextrous pitcher Pat Vendetti, <laughs> who made his Major League debut this week for the Oakland A's, which is a pretty cool thing, though. Oh, yeah. He I, was warming up left-handed, ended up pitching right-handed. Uh, you know, that's a... It's funny to me that this became a huge story suddenly this week. Uh, maybe because we're Yankee fans and he spent so much time in their system, but I feel like we've known about him for so long, and now he's with the A's and suddenly, you know, he's a national treasurer. Or that caught me, you're right, that caught me a little off guard that this was his major league debut because I thought he had made it to the top with the Yankees. I, you know followed him for several years in the system and of course being ambidextrous of it would get quite a bit of coverage yeah i i actually got to meet him a few years ago and the first thing because i saw the e60 or the 30 for 30 on him or whatever it was where they were talking about his glove and he actually let me try his glove on it was one of the coolest things ever fit on my left hand t turned it over fit right on my right hand like it was uh, that to me was cool as a baseball guy so then you are an ambidextrous glove wearer you could put that glove on either hand. Exactly. You were able to to handle it. You were able to yeah. put it on. Yeah. No problems at all. Nailed it. First try. Are you amphibious? <laughs> Charles Barkley, good guy Charles Barkley, apparently good friends with Tampa Bay Lightning coach John Cooper. Cooper calls Barkley up looking for a recommendation on where to eat in Chicago. He recommends a place, and not only that, but Barkley recommended the place, but he also picked up the tab for Cooper and about 20 other people. What? I'm, I'm going to start calling Barkley looking for recommendations. Now, the interesting thing about that, there was a photo of Charles Barkley at last year's Western Conference, uh, Western Conference Finals, wearing a Blackhawks jersey. Now, maybe he switched with his friendship with Cooper. I, I don't know. Or is he a front runner? Oh. Were the lightning up two to one when this happened? We need to find out. Yeah, that could be. Conspiracy theory Zach coming out and slamming on Charles Barkley, claiming that he's a see I'm running with this like this like that other newspaper guy did. Zach is claiming Charles Barkley to be a front runner when all the guy did was pick up a tab <laughs> like a good egg for a bunch of hockey guys. I love how Benson's trying to call you out for conspiracy theories when he was all over the NBA for the Lakers getting the second pick. Oh, yeah. That's, that, you know that. <laughs> oh, that's not conspiracy. That's true. That's true life. I read it in National Enquirer. Well, I, think we have, I think we have audio somewhere of Tim or of, uh, Benson saying that moving the two-point conversion was a conspiracy against Tim Tebow, right? Oh, that's we, what it was. We yeah, have that There's somewhere. another one. That's another one. That's true facts. Again, <laughs> National Enquirer material. You know that FIFA scandal? I just It's been ongoing. It's going to be going for a while, but... Uh, the former vice president, Jack Warner of Trinidad, this is ugly, uh, allegedly $750,000 that was earmarked for uh, Haiti relief effort back in 2010. Oh, no. $750,000 somehow ended up in his account, his personal. Dude. Yeah. That's, I, that I, makes me sick. Yeah, that's that's bad. Davidson College. Their media relations head, Joey Beeler, says he's received more than 500 phone calls 
over the past several months trying to get Stephen Curry. The interesting thing about this article that I read of the 500, he says most of them are coming from preteens. Preteens wanting to invite Steve Curry to their birthday party, wanting to talk to his young daughter Riley. We're, we're, how do preteens have the? Oh, how did they even get his number? He had to change <laughs> his number to something different because because of all the calls he's received. How do how do you get his number? When I'm like when I'm a preteen, that's the last thing I'm thinking of. I, I would have no idea how to go about that. You know, teen, teens, preteens these days are a lot different than, you know, the 45 years ago you were a preteen. I'm just saying. Well, that's hurtful. <laughs> Coming up later in the program, we're going to talk to Rochester Ridgeman GM, Chris Rainwater. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. The warm weather is here to stay, but so are those pesky critters. Bees are beginning to build their hives, ants are driving everyone nuts, and spiders seem to be popping up in every corner of the house. But thanks to Town & Country Pest Solutions, these nuisances can be no more. If you have a serious problem that needs to be controlled, give them a call. I'm not just advertising for them. I am a customer, and believe me, they have the solution for any pest problem. I've mentioned it before, and it's still true. They have been in business for over 25 years, and their team of knowledgeable professionals guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. We've been telling you for a few weeks now that the G&T Youth Soccer is registering for both the 14U Division and the extremely popular Happy Five Division for ages 11 and under. Well, the 11U Boys Division is now full, and the others are filling quickly. So if you have a young soccer player who wants to play, get registered today. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning August 15th, continuing through October 3rd. Space is limited, and as we've been telling you, the program is very popular, so don't delay. Registration is now open at gntsoccer.com, gntsoccer.com. All games are played at the beautiful GNT Sports Park in Hilton. The program's been around, serving the community for over 24 years. For more information or to register, visit gntsoccer.com. Welcome back to Benson and those guys, the late, great Michael Jackson bringing us back in. The video that really revolutionized videos, that mini-movie, if you will, thriller, and changes into a a zombie. Speaking of changes into a zombie, did you guys see that Tory Hunter meltdown? <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. You thought but, it was hilarious? Yes, he's flipping out over a call that I'm pretty sure he was wrong about. It looked like a strike to me. Like, takes his jersey off, throws his batting gloves, just throwing it all on the field to show the umpire what's up. It, who had to pick it up? The Bat Boy. The poor dude's got an armful of equipment. The ump didn't have to pick it up. I don't know what he was hoping to accomplish, but I was just laughing at the whole thing. After he got ejected, he even had to be restrained. He was he was mad, and it was a strike. He was mad over a called strike that was a strike. I, I thought it was hilarious. He was heated, and I... I mean, it was funny, but at the same time, like, you've been in the league the better part of two decades. You're you're back in Minnesota where you're worshipped and every little kid wants to grow up to be Tory Hunter. 
and and it emulates him on the ball field and you you know better at this point you know cooler heads need to prevail did you guys know that Tory Hunter is a believer in Jesus Christ is he really yeah now i mentioned that and this is the whole reason i brought that up is that the importance of having a good testimony because Tory Hunter's one of the good guys in sports mm-hmm. he's a great guy uh, does a lot of charitable things a lot of good things and it doesn't take but somebody seeing a video like this or or a young player, a young kid seeing something and thinking, oh, man, what a jerk, what a loser, you know, that's a Christian, uh, that's how they act. It, it's so important to remember that Christians are not perfect people. They're not perfect people. So when you say you don't want to go to church because of all the, the hypocrites there, well, there's hypocrites everywhere. There's hypocrites in your office hanging around the coffee maker. There's, there's everywhere you go. The, the people in the church just know they're hypocrites. You know, Tory Hunter, he had a meltdown. He's competitive. He wants, he wants to win. I'm sure he doesn't, I'm sure he's not proud of that moment. And again, I just use that opportunity to say Christians aren't perfect, but they are forgiven, realizing that, you know, we do sin, but by the grace of God, our sins are paid for by Christ on the cross, and we're not Christ. We strive to be Christ-like, but we're not Christ. But Tory Hunter, some of the quotes, let me give you one. He says, without Jesus, I promise you, I couldn't do anything. And everything I do, I ask him to guide me. Now, even with that, obviously in this situation, he lost control. We We all have been there. We all get angry. We get upset with something it, it mm-hmm. happens and and we lose our cool and we regret it afterwards and you know there's so many players that i hear people say oh did you know he's a believer did you know he's a believer and it just kind of makes me go sometimes when you see these types of things you go is he really a believer but and i'm not i don't i should be careful to say i'm not questioning his salvation or his faith or anything like that uh, i've seen enough of his quotes but even in today's society, most of America still believes in God. So when you see somebody make the symbol of a cross in the end zone or just say, you know, I thank God for making me the player I am, that doesn't necessarily make them a believer in Christ. I like to hear somebody say, well, refer to the name Jesus. You know, there's something about that name. When they're confident saying the name of Jesus, I feel really good about them. Or when they make some reference to the cross or the blood or salvation or forgiven or any of those things, those are something that usually indicates they have a real-life faith and not just some, you know, I believe in a God. You know, big difference there. I agree. And I'm sure you've heard, too, there have been press conferences where you hear an athlete say, oh, the big man or the man upstairs or, you know, I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in that. No, I'm not either. And I know there's a lot of people that look up to Tory Hunter and, this shouldn't change anything. He's just a guy that lost control at a particular moment, got upset, you know, had a meltdown. Even even the classiest of guys have that type of meltdown from time to time. Well, maybe not of that stature because that was a world class meltdown. That was that was one of the better ones I've seen. Yeah, that was a- actually speaking of classy guys, his manager Paul Molitor got thrown out right after him. There's another real classy dude. Another guy who is a believer in Jesus Christ, by the way. I don't think Molitor really did much to get thrown out. He's defending his guy. He's doing what he felt he needed to do. He had a great, 
quote afterward. Let me see if I can find it here. He said, uh, uh, <laughs> because of Tory Hunter's show was so good, Molitor says, I became a sideshow to the big show <laughs> from what I hear. <laughs> That's great. And that, was, that was a pretty accurate description of what was going on it was a gr- when he took his jersey off that's when i was like all right yeah he's he's going for it this time yeah. i liked it i'm just it glad funny. he stopped at the jersey yeah again bringing it up just to make that point you know the importance of a good testimony and the importance of realizing we're not perfect we are forgiven and seeking forgiveness of our sins but as long as we're on that who uh, speaking of guys that we look up to as ball or any, any as a baseball player, football player, people you look up to. There's a lot of youth in the major leagues. There's a lot of young guys starting. Who's that next guy? We talk about the face of baseball now that Derek Jeter has retired. Who's the face of baseball? Is it Mike Trout? Is it Bryce Harper? For you, who, who's the face of baseball right now? I think right now, as far as the guy that's in all the commercials and everything, it's got to be Bryce Harper, right? I mean, he's just exploded this year, and I don't know that he's, you know, the best player absolutely in baseball. I think that might be Mike Trout, but everywhere you look, if baseball's on, Bryce Harper's on. I I think it depends on where you live, because if you're on the West Coast, well, then you're going to say Mike Trout, but we're on the East Coast, you're going to say Bryce Harper, and... I don't really think there's a wrong answer to that question about one of those two right now. They're both absolutely phenomenal. If I'm building the team right now, right now today, and you're telling me these guys are going to continue to play the way they are, I got to go with Bryce Harper. He has. See, I'm I'm probably taking Mike Trout. I, you know, I still say that that guy has got all the tools, and I know Bryce Harper does. But I think with Bryce Harper, you're getting a little bit more. And I'm not trying to take the fun out of the game. But his immaturity shows. Mm-hmm. Mike Mike Trout handles himself like a professional, and I've not seen. Maybe he hasn't. I'm just not aware because I, again, I'm not on the West Coast. But maybe he's had them. But I'm not. I have not seen the meltdown. I've not seen the bat flips. I've not seen him get ejected in the first inning of a game. Yeah, and, and one thing you see with Mike Trout too is he knows the game and he knows situations. Like we were talking before we started recording the show about um earlier this week against the Yankees, Bryce Trout strikes or Bryce Trout. Bryce Harper strikes out trying to bunt with two strikes. That was just him trying to be the smartest guy in the room. He'll even admit that was dumb. Yeah, but you don't see you'd never see Mike Trout do that stuff. You know, he's always he's making but, the right play. Agreed. But if Harper you know, the gets point on, I'm making is with the amount of young players in the game you mentioned something during the week in one of the tweets you sent out that capitalizing on the amount of young people. I was look, looking at a chart here from baseball perspective. They have got 15. We're, we're just barely into June. We're 10 days into June or so. Uh, 15 of baseball perspectives top 100 players have already made their first appearance in the major leagues this year. That's a lot of guys. That's a lot of guys breaking in that are taking jobs and are, and are making it. There is a lot of young people, uh, guys like Noah Syndergaard, guys like Chris Bryant, guys like Joey Gallo. These guys are getting their chances this year, and this is an opportunity for baseball to profile a lot of these young players um, and, 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 and show them off, showcase them. Yeah, and it helps that a lot of these guys that are coming up this year are power hitters. 
We, it's been around for decades. Chicks dig the long ball. Uh, Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin told us that. But uh, scoring's been down around the league. We know that. That's been made a big deal of. And like we talked about, guys like Jeter, you know, Jeter's retired. Torrey Hunter's is going to be done soon. There's been kind of a, a decline in those face of the face of baseball kind of guys. And right now, there are a ton of those guys breaking into the league right now. Blue and a lot chip of them, type prospects, yeah. making their breaking into the big leagues, and they've been so good. I mean, one of your talking about center fielders in in Los Angeles, Jock Peterson, is, a, is a, way up high on the home run leaderboard. He's twenty three. He's a rookie with the the Dodgers, but he's tremendous. And it, it, there's just it's it's a perfect era for that as well because going back ten fifteen years, we as casual fans had no idea who the big time prospects were. We heard about them when they got called up. And now guys like Chris Bryant, a lot of fans have been following Chris Bryant for years, waiting and waiting and waiting for him to come up. And so it, when fans already know who these guys are, it's a great time for baseball to take advantage of that and, and really push their brand to younger fans. So let me turn that the other way. If we're talking about baseball capitalizing on these blue-chip prospects are already coming up, but what about that? They gotta, they're got they taking a job from somebody, and I understand they're not taking the job from the veteran star. They're taking the job from the guy on the end of the bench. But are you more excited when your team signs a veteran free agent, or are you more excited when one of these guys makes it in and – uh the Yankees promoted Mason, uh, what's his name? Mason Williams. Mason Williams this week. Now, there's a prospect we've been hearing about for a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they promoted him this week. Uh, are you excited about that, a homegrown player, or would you rather see that veteran come to town? What's just going to make you buy the Major League ticket? Well, for me, I, I think it goes back to what Darren said earlier about the market you're in. With me as a Yankee fan, I'm more excited about the young prospect coming up because I've mm-hmm. seen so many free agents come to town and not be worth the contract that they signed. I'm, I, the Yankees are kind of notorious for developing these prospects that we never see. They don't bring them up or they trade them for somebody that's 35 years old. So when one of them actually does come up and make a debut, I'm excited to see it. As a Yankee- I, I think that's a little bit of an unfair comparison though. That that hasn't been something that the Yankees have done for quite a while. They've been holding on to their players now for many years. Mm-hmm. Ever since that group of that came up, Jeter, uh, Pettit, Rivera. Since those days, you, ha- you they haven't been just unloading the farm system like they used to. Well, They've the f- traded some guys away. I'm not debating that, but not to the degree they used to. Darren, I, I cut you off. You're no, you're sorry. fine. I'm sorry. I, I'm actually. I love seeing prospects in any team because nowadays we're seeing the the contracts of Pujols and Hamilton and A-Rod. They are crushing teams. They're killing them. They're not what they were. They're not they don't deserve the money they're getting now. That could be being spent on multiple other players to bolster their roster. So I I really like seeing the young guys come up and I think the young guys coming up gets more fans, gets younger people paying attention. I, I'm, I'm enjoying this time in baseball right now immensely because, like Zach said, there are so many young guys. I remember back in the day, Andrew Jones was, what, 19, playing in the World yeah. Series or whatever it was? He was so much of the exception, it was crazy. Nowadays, I don't think I'd think twice if there was a 19-year-old playing in the World Series. It just seems like that's where baseball is headed. Yeah, as I say, 15 of the top 100, I should say top 101 blue-chip prospects, 15 of them have already made their appearance in the major leagues this year which is a, a remarkable number. And I think it's good for baseball. Baseball is a game that is 
not being played by young people. And even though they're setting records at the turnstiles, attendance is great in Major League Baseball. Young people aren't playing the game. I think they need those young faces, those young people. As you mentioned, Andrew Jones, when he was 19, young people need these types of players to identify with, folks they can get um, get on the same page with and say, I, this is this is my guy. This is somebody that came up through our system. I'm excited. Somebody they can follow. Met fans are real excited about Noah Syndergaard, Kevin Plawecki, these guys that uh, they're, they're prospects that are hitting the major leagues. Matt Harvey, although he struggled here in the last couple times out. But Met fans are real excited. There's like this fresh energy. And I don't know if that translates at the turnstiles, but at some point baseball has to identify the fact that, hey, we're going to have a problem. If kids aren't playing the game, at some point the people that are going to the games are going to die. And I have no idea what the demographic is, but baseball continues to say it's not the old the old generation that's going. It's it's everybody. It's fathers and sons. So they're still setting records at the at the turn. There's there's no better time, in my opinion, for Bryce Harper and Mike Trout to be the faces of baseball. Best name coming up, Chichi Gonzalez of the Rangers. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. That's a, that's a great name, Chichi. Speaking of young players, Chris Rainwater of the Rochester Ridgemen. Athletes in Actions, young New York collegiate baseball league team. They play out in Webster. He's going to join us coming up later in the program. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Juventus FC, the Italian champions and one of the best soccer clubs in the world, will be hosting a five-day camp here in Rochester. Coaches from the Juventus Youth Academy are coming all the way from Italy to share the coaching and soccer philosophy of one of the most successful soccer clubs ever. The camp is open to boys and girls ages 5 to 17 who want to improve their level of play. Each participant will experience five days of top quality training and will leave the camp with a brand new Juventus uniform, a participation diploma, and some fantastic memories. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to learn from the best and show them what you can do. The dates of this amazing camp are July 20th through the 24th at Grace and Truth Sports Park in Hilton. The cost is $375 and you can register online at abcsportscamps.com forward slash JSC. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Welcome back to the show. Obviously, on some sort of Michael Jackson overload is our producer. Zach's, Zach's killing it with the music right now. The Women's World Cup soccer is going on. Sweden coach Pia Sundage, who, by the way, used to coach the USA team to gold medals back in 2008-2012 Olympics, says that Abby Wambach would not be in her starting eleven. Now, maybe that's all for the press, but how in the world will she not be in your starting eleven? She's the best player in the game. Abby Wambach, I know, I know I'm from Rochester, she's from Rochester, maybe we're all sensitive to it, but how do you not put the best player in the game in your starting 11? Again, she's probably just, well, she's probably just crazy. Speaking of crazy, how crazy good 
are the are the Stanley Cup final. They're amazing. By the way, you noticed I said final. This isn't NBA finals. It's Stanley Cup final. One singular, one's plural. Little little bit of trivia for it. But the Stanley Cup final has been tremendous. In fact, all of the hockey playoffs have been very good. In fact, in my mind, and I know I'm a hockey fan, but I think it's overshadowed the NBA to some degree. And is that why the NHL is talking about expansion, wanting to go to 32 teams? In fact, talking about putting a team in Las Vegas. Do you think that's a good idea? I don't know. I I think you could sell games out in Las Vegas because it would be one more attraction for people to see. But I think it'd be hard to keep an actual loyal home fan base because no one really lives there. They want to put the stadium right on the strip. Nobody lives there. You know, it, your your home crowd are going to be a, mostly, I would think, a smattering of visiting fans. Well, you have that to some degree in Florida. Nobody is Nobody is from Tampa. They've all moved from Detroit. They've all moved from New York or somewhere somewhere on up north. They've come down. So you you have that in the south, and it seems to work okay. I don't have any problem with going to Las Vegas. I know some leagues they don't want to be there. They think it's it's going to expand gambling. Hello, there's gambling anyway, so I don't think it makes any difference. My issue is there's there's a a difference in teams. There's two more teams in the east than there are in the west, and they want to even that out. Then then realign. Move some teams because you have teams jumping all over. Between breaks, we were talking about who came from where. We're talking about the Atlanta Flames becoming Calgary. Of course, that was years ago. But the Phoenix Coyotes are uh, potentially losing their arena, which of case means they may lose. They may move. And where would they go? So who were they to begin with? They they came from Winnipeg, and all these teams moving around. You got teams in cities that are having a hard time holding those teams, and now you're talking about expansion. It, it seems premature to me. Well, one, I think you're at a pretty good number. I think you just need to realign. I think so. And the funny thing is that they just did a realignment. What a season, two seasons ago? Yeah, but did they do it well? You still got Detroit playing in the West. Why in the world is Detroit playing in the West? I guess that must be what uh, what they've been talking about with wanting to have more teams in the West to equal it out. If you have Detroit in the East, then you have 13 in the West and 17 in the East. Well, I guess it makes does make some sense because there's a there is a ton of teams in the East. There's not so many out West. I just you're having a hard time sustaining the games now to add two more teams. What the gal that what was her name? But there was an article that I read. A gal went and appeared. It just kind of ripped into the mayor out in Phoenix, um, saying they don't support the team. The people go to the games, and she made some great points. She says how much she's wearing at this. She appeared at the city council meeting. She's wearing her Phoenix Coyote jerseys. And she asked the mayor, she says, I've seen you at the games wearing your jersey with the mayor written on the back, number one jersey. She says, how much did you pay for that? You didn't. You get to go for free. But yet, you're voting out the team. You don't support the team. And she was really making some great points. How much You had the Super Bowl there. Good for her. How much did you pay for your Super Bowl? You didn't. Because you're a politician, you got to go for free. You had all these arrangements. You got to go. Meanwhile, the working class person that's supporting the team has no vote in whether they stay or not. Because the city council is trying to end the lease, which is just going to force the Coyotes away. And that's one thing that the NHL has been 
really bad at over the last couple of decades is they've they've been so set on moving hockey into new markets. They've taken teams away from cities where they were beloved and stuck them places where they really haven't done well. The Coyotes are the perfect example because, I mean, a year, I think just a year ago, they had to sell the team to try and keep it in, in Phoenix, and they thought that was going to be the solution, was the new ownership. But here a year later, now their their arena lease is gone. So if you would have left them where they were to begin with, they're probably in a lot better shape. Rhonda Pearson, Rhonda Pearson is her name, and she said she even had the speed to get to the get to the city council meeting out of, after she got out of work, and you know just got there to make her point that hey, we want this team. And I just now you're going to put that team in Las Vegas, or you're talking about putting a team in Las Vegas. What is the sustainability? I can't say that word. What is the sustainability in Las Vegas? Yeah, if you put a team there now. Five to ten years down the road is that team, the new Coyotes, that just can't... You can't it, even keep track of them. This is the Canadian right. teams that moved, and they've bounced around. the, the And again, I'm going farther back, but the Whalers become the, the Carolina uh, Hurricanes. So many teams have moved. The Vancouver Canucks. Uh, so, uh, Did they move, or am I making stuff up at this point? If they did, it was before me. Yeah, I'm making stuff up for radio. But the Jets <laughs> did move, and then they came back. And uh, the Nordiques moved. They're gone. the Avalanche. So many of them moved. You can't even keep track. I guess my point is hockey's doing really well. You're having terrific final. You know, it was a great playoff. Expanding two teams is just going to water down the league. And I know there's a lot of upcoming talent, especially in this draft. But I just I think it's a bad move to expand. I, agree. I think it's a bad move for any league other than the NFL. The NFL is the one league, I think, that can support new teams. And obviously, they should LA, expand. They're huge right now. Yeah, the NFL can expand it, man. They have more fans going to games, and, and L.A. is getting a team. The NFL the, could sell out a game on the moon. If you put a team anywhere, people are going to go. Oh, yeah. I heard I heard Bill's games. They're, they're not even The tickets aren't even on sale to the general public yet, and there's some games you can't even get tickets to anymore. Now, the Bill's game with the Jaguars... On October 25th is in London. That is going to be streamed exclusively on Yahoo. Dumb. Is it, or is that going? Is that more or less testing the water? Is that how we're going to go? See, I kind of think that's that's a test market because if they can sell this, you're going to be able to get buy games individually. Well, they're they're going to sell it. It's the NFL. People are going to to, to do this. Like you're, I'm going to watch. I'm a Bills fan. I even if they're playing the Jags, I'm still going to watch. I like it because it's going to be free. This game, at least, will be free. Now, if you have games that are exclusively streamed and you have to buy the game, that I don't like. Because most of your games are on your regular basic channels, so they're free to most viewers. If you take that game, put it on an exclusive media, and make me have to pay for it, then that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I think is is what they're testing. Mm-hmm. If they can get people to view it on their computer, you know, because this game will be at an odd time. Maybe you're at work. Maybe you're wherever where you're not in front of a broadcast television, and you can stream it through your media device, your phone, your tablet, what have you. And if they can sell it to you for $5, $10, and you buy it, that's a whole new market for the NFL. I'm... I personally am not going to sit there and I'm not going to pay 
to watch a week eight game between the Bears and the Packers. Let's say it's the the Bills. I'm a Bills fan, so I'm not going to pay for that. But it's the Bills, Patriots, or something. Yeah, I'll pay for that. But other than that, you're only going to get that one or two markets that the teams are in to pay I, for. I it. disagree, and I think you're wrong. I think you will pay for that Packers that game you don't care about. Here's why: the NFL is not content with Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, Monday evening, Thursday evening. They they're gonna want they want to expand. They want Tuesday night. They want Friday night. They want Wednesday night. And if there's nothing on on a Tuesday night in December except the Packers Lions on streaming, you're gonna stream it. Yeah, you you're point. gonna pay that five dollars or that ten dollars to stream it on a random Tuesday night when it's not available on TV. Yeah, good and This point. is what I think is happening here, and this is the test. This Bills Jaguars to see how many people will do it. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk with Chris Rainwater. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. We talk a lot about the different G&T athletics that are offered. Do you know there's a swim camp? Oh, really? I like swimming. Well, it's not for you. It's for your kids starting ages three, four years kind old. As long as they can put their face in the water for at least three seconds, <laughs> that's a level one swimmer. Oh, all right. They have a, The camp is July 6th to the 10th. It goes from noontime to 5 p.m., depending on what level is level one. Five level hours two. of swimming for, for no, kids? No, no, no. There's different classes. Oh, You've okay, got level okay. one, level three, level four, level two. You've got all these different levels. So you sign up for, I don't know, it's an hour, hour and a half. It's what if I don't bucks. know how to swim? That's what this camp is for. You said it wasn't for me. I want to learn how to swim. Well, it's for your kids. It's not for you. Can I join with them? $50, your kid learns how to swim. But I'm surprised that you guys, you guys are young enough. I'm surprised you guys haven't done this. Um, This camp has been around for a while. My wife always talks about doing it. Maybe I should. Well, you can't. You're not getting it. This you're you're such a moron. I want to swim. This is for your kids. Fine. Starting at your how old? Are, well, it doesn't matter. Three starting at ages three or four. If they can put their face in the water for a few seconds without freaking out, then this camp mm. is for them. July sixth through tenth, you can sign up. Gantathletics.info. That's gantathletics.info. July sixth through the tenth, twelve p.m. to five p.m. <laughs> Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys. The guys and I are pleased to let you know that Grace and Truth Athletics is sponsoring the studio line throughout the month of June. G&T Athletics is a ministry of First Bible Baptist Church in Hilton, New York, offering a number of athletic leagues for both youth and adults in a fun, family-centered environment. For more information, you can visit gntathletics.info. And joining Benson and Those Guys now via that G&T Athletics phone line is Chris Rainwater. Chris is the general manager of the Rochester Richmond who play at the Basket Road Complex out in Webster. Chris was also the very first interview on the Benson and Those Guys program. Chris, welcome back to the show. So nice to have you on. Yeah, thanks, Rick. It, it is definitely good to be back. The Rochester Ridgemen play in the New York Collegiate Baseball League, and the team combines college players from many different colleges all across the country. How do you find those players and decide which ones make the cut? Yeah, AIA Baseball uh, has a great name just among the baseball community. Um, and so a lot of former players or coaches, um, and then also former players that we get from summer to summer kind of go back home and, and tell their teammates uh, about our summers and just how much of a great time that they had. Um, and so that's how we do a lot of our recruiting. Uh, we also send out emails like coaches and let them know that um, 
that that we have these leagues. We're actually in four different leagues: the Alaska Baseball League, the Great Lakes Collegiate League, and the New York Collegiate League here in New York. Um, and then also we send a team down to the Dominican. And so uh, with all those leagues, uh, coaches want their players to play during the summer. So it allows us the opportunity to send emails to these coaches to let them know who we're about and what our organization is about. I just really want to invest in these guys spiritually and want them to grow. And uh, then when coaches see the leagues that we're in, um, they they know what kind of uh, baseball that their players are going to get. And so a lot of it is just finding out um, kind of our need and, and our um, our base there and then um, also figuring out uh, what level these guys are at and uh, would they be a good fit for the leagues that we're in. With the players coming from so many different regions, do you have dorms or wh- where do these guys stay? Yeah, we actually have host families. Um, that, there are families that decide to take in our guys, and um, they are with. We're kind of based with Webster Bible Church, um, and that's like our host church. Um, so we get some host families from there, and then also Brown Cross Community Church. Um, there's some families from there as well that take our guys in for the summer, and uh, they take usually take two guys uh, to each house, and I, I love it. Uh, because the de- the relationships that develop between the families and these kids are just pretty awesome. You'll see families going to uh, weddings down the road, um, sending stuff for birthdays. Like just see- seeing them keep- stay in touch is just a really cool deal. Although the league is not, the team is a ministry of athletes in action. Do all the players have a relationship with Christ, and is that a requirement for playing with AIA? Yeah, that's that's not a requirement. Um, we kind of like uh, we have them fill out an application process, so we kind of know where they're at spiritually. Um, and basically, uh, we'll probably take a couple guys that um, that they know we know that they're not believers, and they probably know it as well too. But they, it gives them a safe place to be able to ask questions about God um, and to learn more about Him and what does it mean to have a relationship with Him. Uh, what I love about our ministry, it, it it really is a safe place for all these players coming in from all over the country. Um, some of them going through tough years. Um, it, the baseball world is tough to live out your relationship with Christ in, and it provides an opportunity for them to really um, plant those foundations of, uh, in their relationship with Christ and really start to grow in those and ask questions and be around other Christians that want to help them to grow in their faith as well, too. Kind of that iron sharpens iron thing. You mentioned the struggles of a baseball season and, of course, being away from home. This arrangement sounds like a tremendous transition for young players as they have an established family and many believers to surround them. Sure. It gives them a great platform. to like. I mean, a lot of these guys, um, it's fun to keep up with them throughout the year, um, and they keep up with each other to continue to build each other up in Christ. And So that's one of the really cool things uh, about that. These guys leave from this summer. Um, so close. Um, they've definitely become a family. I know we've had a couple guys mentioned already um, that just within the two weeks we've been here, they feel closer to their teammates here than they have back at their schools um, as well. So it's just really neat that bond of Christ and, and seeing these guys grow together. For so many of these players, I would imagine, being away from both home and college leaves them out of their element of sorts. Are there things you do in order to keep them focused and grounded in the Word of God? Sure. Um, some of the things, kind of like our schedule-wise, we pick guys up um, probably midday and let them work out, and then we go through a discipleship program. We probably are in discipleship for about four or five times a week, I would say. Um, and so that discipleship program, there's um, we kind of created a discipleship notebook of what do we want these guys to leave uh, from the summer knowing. Um, and those things are just some basic uh, spiritual truths, like kind of like theology 101, um, some basic spiritual disciplines and how to grow in their walk with Christ, and then also biblical manhood of like so there's a, 
an article that's like the 13 marks of manhood and um, just really wanting these guys to grow in those areas. And what does it mean to, to be a godly man? What does it mean to follow Christ um, in those areas? Um, and then also the last one is purity um, with relationships um, and really um, what does God want in a relationship um, and how, how can we honor God with our relationships and stuff. And so those are the areas that we really ground them in. And then we also go um, and run clinics in the area. We've worked with Webster Challenger Baseball. Um, we also play some prison softball, uh, different things like that to keep these guys busy um, and just with each other um, and continue to build those relationships with each other and, and growing in that way. And serving is just such an awesome way to do that. We're talking with Chris Rainwater here on the Benson and Those Guys program. Chris is the general manager of the Rochester Ridgeman. You can follow the team on Twitter at the Ridgeman. You can also visit their website, rochesterridgeman.com. Chris, you mentioned doing clinics and giving the players an opportunity to serve, and for the last several years you've come out to the Grace and Truth Sports Park in Hilton and done a clinic with us, and it's always been a great experience for our players. I want to invite anyone listening to come out later today at 4 o'clock for ages 7 to 12. The Ridgeman will be doing a clinic, spend some time with the team, get to know these guys on the AIA baseball team. They'll teach your young player the game of baseball. They will also reflect Jesus Christ as they do it. That's 4 o'clock later this afternoon out in Hilton at the Grace and True Sports Park. Chris, this will be the fourth season now that the Ridgemen call Rochester home since moving from Alfred. You've been with the team, I think, eight seasons, you said. How has your role with Athletes in Action influenced your walk with Christ? Sure. I think the, the biggest way that's probably influenced it is um, just really being able to serve these guys every, every summer um, and just um, I've learned a lot of just the reality of, uh, of grace and truth. Um, these guys come in um, of just really wanting, like, they're growing. They're young, and they're growing in their relationship with God. And being able to, to give these guys grace to be able to do that, and then also to be able to um, kind of just speak truth into their lives has just been something that's been really cool for me. Um, and the reality is, I think, in my own life, uh, allowed me to have uh, more grace for myself and um, just learning um, as I yeah, learning as I walk through life in those kind of ways, it's just been huge for me uh, of just ministry and taught me a lot in ministry. The team, of course, is a ministry of athletes in action, yet you play in a standard secular league, as we mentioned. Are there opportunities to share your faith as a result of playing in that league or perhaps other ministry opportunities that come up throughout the season? Yes, there is. We actually, um, every team that we play, uh, just talk with their coaches and see if it's okay um, that one of our guys would share their testimony of just what God has done in their lives um, and then also have somebody share the gospel. So each team that we play against has that opportunity to hear um, about yeah, the love of Christ and what he's done for us. Both you and your coaching staff must be viewed as a role model of sorts to the players. How much does that weigh on you, and are you intentional about some of the things you do in order to reflect a Christ-centered life to those players? Yeah, I mean, I think the cool thing is I don't think it weighs on me because it's just the freedom that I have in Christ as well. Um, it's I am a work in progress, uh, just as yeah, just the same as they are. Um, and so a lot of it's just um, every day, just being able to wake up and ask, uh, ask the Holy Spirit to fill me and and ask God to to use me that day in these guys' lives. And and I know I'm going to make mistakes, and when I do make a mistake, uh, being able to like walk through that with guys and and let them know where I'm at as well too and uh, that's just uh, the cool thing is that there really is no pressure it's just uh, kind of as scripture says um, like following following Christ like asking people to follow me as I follow Christ and um, and so that's a big thing so I really don't feel pressure it's just being able to serve these guys and love these guys well so 
Chris, it's been great to have you on the program once again. Before we let you go, though, is there anything we can pray for you about? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just praying for our guys um, and, and for their growth spiritually. Um, they, it's you know you you bring these guys in and and they and being able to speak truth to them, um, but it's it's their decision to surrender areas of their lives to the Lord. And so just really praying for God just to work in their lives and that they can experience that freedom in Christ and um, and really uh, grow in their relationships with the Lord as well. Chris Rainwater, GM of the Rochester Regiment, thanks so much for joining us on Benson and Those Guys. Awesome. Thank you, Rick. The next Ridgeman game is coming up Monday night. That's the 15th, 7 o'clock. The Wellsville Nitros are in town to take on the Ridgeman. If you've not been to one of these games, why not go out and give it a try? And even if you have been, go again. Support AIA Baseball. The price of admission is nominal. Just a couple of bucks will get you in the gate. The concessions are inexpensively priced. It's a fun, family-centered environment. It really is a good time, and it's a good quality of baseball. They play on the turf field, Basket Road, out in Webster. Go see a Rochester Ridgeman game. You can go to their website, rochesterridgeman.com, get their full schedule, Go out, see a game, support AIA baseball. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. We'll be back right after this. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. The warm weather is here to stay, but so are those pesky critters. Bees are beginning to build their hives, ants are driving everyone nuts, and spiders seem to be popping up in every corner of the house. But thanks to Town & Country Pest Solutions, these nuisances can be no more. If you have a serious problem that needs to be controlled, give them a call. I'm not just advertising for them. I am a customer, and believe me, they have the solution for any pest problem. I've mentioned it before, and it's still true. They have been in business for over 25 years, and their team of knowledgeable professionals guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. We've been telling you for a few weeks now that the G&T Youth Soccer is registering for both the 14U Division and the extremely popular Happy Five Division for ages 11 and under. Well, the 11U Boys Division is now full, and the others are filling quickly. So if you have a young soccer player who wants to play, get registered today. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning August 15th, continuing through October 3rd. Space is limited, and as we've been telling you, the program is very popular, so don't delay. Registration is now open at gntsoccer.com, gntsoccer.com. All games are played at the beautiful GNT Sports Park in Hilton. The program's been around, serving the community for over 24 years. For more information or to register, visit gntsoccer.com. Now the moment we've all been waiting for. Tom Brady wears Uggs. I have no knowledge of anything. I have no explanation for what happened. The highlight of the show. I'm not going to let our fans down. The reason people tune in week after week. Said no one ever. Darren's Unreasonable Rant. Much has been said about the NBA Finals. LeBron James versus Steph Curry. Rookie coaches David Blatt versus Steve Kerr. Does LeBron deserve to be mentioned in the same breath as MJ? Is he among the all-time greats? Is he clutch? He passes too much. He's got to get his teammates more involved, his hairline. But I say, who cares about all that? Those topics barely 
hold my attention now thanks to Matthew Delavadova. This dude has burst onto the scene with his scrappy play, scruffy beard, and dreamy accent. Yes, Steph Curry is averaging roughly the same amount of points per game in the finals as he did in his MVP regular season, but have you noticed his free throw percentage is way down? I have, and we all know it's because Delavadova's in his head. Deli is basically Curry's shadow and it even resulted in Curry's worst game of the season. I didn't think Curry could have a bad game, but wow was I wrong. Delavadova could barely find playing time in the regular season and now he's Curry's kryptonite. Dude drug himself off a hospital bed to grind it out in game four. He's a gamer. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, clearly not needed. LeBron is a legend if they win, whatever. It's clearly Matthew Delavadova's team and he the real MVP. Did you eat a lot of paint chips when you were a kid? LeBron's not even the best player on his own team. Nope, Delavadova is. He's the man. I do like I like the coffee. <laughs> his pregame ritual of having a cup of coffee. Sometimes even at halftime, he'll have a <laughs> cup of coffee. He might be addicted at that point. See, I'm a coffee drinker. Any time, I, I, I drink a lot of coffee. This guy didn't even play. He played about 20 minutes per game in the season and averaged like four points. Now he's going off and, and just hounding Curry. It's because of the coffee. I've told people that I believe their spirituality can be measured by their coffee intake. By the way, I'm not too proud to say that if there are any coffee shops out there that want to sponsor this program, I am sure there's an arrangement that can be made. Let's do our Pest of the Week. Our show is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Each week we go around at the end of the show, pick our Pest of the Week. Mine is Needville, Texas high school catcher Megan Crosby. Megan was throwing elbows at more than one runner as they came in to score at home plate behind her. Needville high school catcher Megan Crosby, my Pest of the Week, who, by the way, was not even thrown out of the game. Yeah, she should have been. I saw the clips of that. It was bad. Yeah, she she was throwing elbows and knocking people down. It, it was, was ugly. Yeah. No place for that in the game. Uh, my Pest of the Week is the Indianapolis Colts for deciding to hang a 2014 AFC finalist banner in the rafters. One, you lost 45-7 to to the Patriots. It's not something to brag about. Two, maybe it's time for a higher banner hanging standard in Indianapolis. And three... Have some self-respect. This has got to be a joke. I mean, truly good organizations, in my opinion, do not hang finalist banners in the rafters. They hang the banners when they win. Like, what's next? You're gonna hang a banner for going four and zero in the postseason? Call yourself? I mean, in the preseason, call yourself undefeated? Like this? This is a joke. My pest of the week: the Indianapolis Colts. Although that is quite an accomplishment, and I, I get what you're saying. Set set the bar a little higher. We're not celebrating, like. Uh, again, and I feel like I'm all constantly bringing it up, but in the hockey playoffs, when you when you get your conference champion trophy, nobody touches it. Nobody nobody's lifting it. Nobody's touching it. It's a superstition. They're, what they're really focused on is is the Stanley Cup. Same thing here. You hang that banner. I get it. But in defense of the Colts, they're one of only four teams that got there. That's impressive. Yes, but not banner worthy. The, the Buffalo Bills, I think, don't get enough credit for those four Super Bowls. I Everybody, oh, they lost four Super Bowls. They went to four straight Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. That is a significant accomplishment in my book. However, I, I, I think even the Colts, getting there is a big deal. They got to where most of the other teams, where they're sitting home playing golf, doing whatever they do, they didn't get there. I, I don't think I'd hang the banner over it, but I also wouldn't uh, – I, I wouldn't make fun of what they're doing. No, I'm not making fun of the fact that they played. They were one of four teams left, and they played in the AFC Championship. I'm making fun of the fact that they hung a banner for it. Like that, that's like a participation ribbon. 
I would be hanging a banner. <laughs> if I got in the game, I'd be like, there'd be a banner. Rick Benson played here. <laughs> it would be hanging high in the rafters. I got in a game, played 13 seconds, made three plays. I, I, that's it. Wait, we, how'd you make three plays in 13 seconds? Yeah, the math doesn't add up. I was never good at math. <laughs> Zach, who's your pest of the week? My pest of the week is actually the first person we mentioned on the show, Mark Lazarus, the chairman of NBC Sports. In case you missed it or weren't listening, he wants the NFL or the NFL, the NHL. Wait a minute. To get rid of. Do you think there are people that aren't listening to this show? This is America's favorite faith-based sports talk show. They're actually turning it off right now. It's a Saturday morning. I think there are people that might have slept in and missed it. They set their clocks for this show. They get up. You are the producer on this show, the, the 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 most respected producer in the city of Rochester. Still losing people right now as you speak. All right, go on with your press. Anyways, Mark Lazarus wants to do away with the playoff beards in the Stanley Cup Finals. They're one of the greatest thing about the Stanley Cup Finals because it's something fans can do along with their teams. I grow my playoff beard every year. Whoa, whoa, whoa. My wife hates it. Not all fans. Some people can't grow a beard, all right? Well, all male fans grow their beards. <laughs> Real men. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Mark Lazarus hates playoff beards, so he's my pest of the week. Although, as we said... He didn't really say that. He just brought it up as, as sort of, this was an article I think that originated in the Chicago Tribune. I think that's where it started. All he said in, in sort of in passing was that it'd be nice if they didn't have these beers. They could highlight the players and, and, and really show off their faces. And, and as you guys elegantly pointed out, toothless faces aren't necessarily what you want <laughs> on, you know, you want to be marketable. But that was the point he was making, and, and the writer, he kind of went a little overboard with it, and poor Lazarus has been the joke ever since, but he even made this show's Pest of the Week, so I'm sure he'll be on, he'll be on once again on Dan Patrick next week talking about, and Zach even made me his Pest of the Week. That's a career ender. <laughs> <laughs> it's June 13th, and are we starting to see the meltdown of the Boston Red Sox? I yes. hope so. I love it. that? It's, it's usually awesome. September that we see that plane crash. Late August, we start to see it. But Wade Miley and John Farrell getting in a heat exchange the other day in the dugout. David Ortiz, very unhappy that he was sad against a left-hander, even though he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat against left-handers. The Boston Red Sox have not lost Bobby Valentine's number. John Farrell's not making any friends. Are we starting to see the meltdown of the Boston Red Sox? You know what makes me so happy about this is all the annoying Red Sox fans on social media just going nuts in the off season. How's that working out for you right now? Enjoy spending a lot of money for not a lot of wins. Sounds like the Yankees. It's weird because John Farrell was their guy. He was the guy that they wanted all along. He was going to be the savior, and it worked for a while, but it's blown up spectacularly. Yeah, I, I still think they'll be okay. The the, the just a rough stretch, frustration, and not winning. They'll, they'll they'll come through this. I'm just picking on the Red Sox. Benson and those guys is brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. I want to remind you that coming up Monday night, seven o'clock, you can go see the Rochester Ridgemen play the Wellsville Nitros out at Basket Road in Webster. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. You're listening to Benson and those guys, brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. Come on, get.